I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Warning, you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. <laughs> Guys, uh, listen, I, I got to tell you, the the GOP debate is tonight, and I almost completely forgot. But I just have to say, like, if that's the, like, who the hell cares about the GOP debate, you know, I hate to say that. And look, I'm listening to the chat. I'm looking at the chat right now. Um, and I see, you know, people talking about the mouth breather over under. I appreciate it. And I have to say also that I'm kind of jealous that you all are drinking during the show, playing the mouth breather drinking game. And, and I don't get to drink. Brock, Brock doesn't get to drink, but maybe on Friday, we will. We'll join you and have a drink on the show because it's five o'clock somewhere. It's Friday. We're rolling into the weekend. We try to have Friday be a more lighthearted show. Uh, but I okay. So back to the GOP debate. It, it's tonight, and you know I had I almost completely forgot. And if you're a candidate on the stage, I gotta say like that's not a real good place to be because as a candidate, it's. If you're not the center of conversation or the center of a policy discussion or at least in the mix somewhere, then why the hell are you even running a campaign? You know, to me, it's like the only thing that matters at this point in time in our country is the brazen weaponization of the federal government against the American people and against Donald Trump, because I, I frankly think it's the most one of the most dangerous things that we've ever experienced as a country, because if you think the weaponization of the federal government will stop at Donald Trump, you, of course, you're you're you would be wrong because I mean, there's proof is in the pudding. Look at all the January Sixers who are behind bars and look at all of of Trump's allies and frankly, some of his lawyers who are now being politically persecuted by the system. It ain't going to stop there. You are in the crosshairs next. And the other thing that I think is just unbelievable, something that we have just I don't think we've ever experienced as a country before is just the outright corruption in the Biden family crime syndicate. Those two issues, weaponization of, of the federal government against the people and Donald J. Trump and his and his allies and Biden family crime syndicate, two top issues. And the rest of these GOP candidates who are on stage, <laughs> you're not even a part of that conversation. That's not a good place to be. And it makes one wonder why the hell you're even still in the race. Now, it's a primary. You have, you're well within your rights to stay within, to stay in the race. Um, but most of y'all aren't even polling at one or two percent. In fact, Asa Hutchinson, Trump calls him Ada. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why, but Trump calls him Ada Hutchinson. Uh, he's polling at zero percent. I'm fairly certain that my dog Pups McGee would poll higher than zero percent in a presidential primary. So Ada Hutchinson didn't even make the the cutoff for the or the criteria to be even be on stage during the GOP debate tonight. 
is he getting out of the race? Nope. He's he's committed to staying in through the primary. Okay. Uh, I don't really understand why. Nobody really gives a damn about your candidacy. And frankly, it, it's not just Asa Hutchinson that people don't care about. You know, people like Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, uh, geez, I, Ron DeSantis, uh, all the other people that are on the stage, Chris Christie. It's, it's bad that I am wired into politics, you know, closer than your average American. And I, these people just barely even make headlines on the news. So yeah, I, I don't really care about the Republican debate tonight. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, but if you care, uh, Rumble is carrying the, the live stream of the debate, which I think is an awesome thing. And by the way, Rumble, they are getting attacked from all sides right now. Uh, they're getting attacked from the U.S. government. They're getting attacked by the U.K. government. They're getting pressured to to suspend or cancel Russell Brand. Um, they're, they're having their advertisers canceled left and right. I think Burger King and, and HelloFresh are a couple of uh, companies that dropped Rumble from their advertising, which is just a terrible, gross thing to do. But Rumble is, to me, you know, the only video sharing site on the internet that is you know, a, a bastion of free speech. And we should be supporting companies who support the Constitution, support the First Amendment. And, you know, in, in Rumble's hour of greatest need, you know, we should be we should be not only supporting the platform, but convincing family and friends to to join the platform and support content creators who push the truth and support the Constitution. So, yeah, I don't really care about the GOP debate, but it's pretty damn cool that Rumble is is the only uh, live stream platform, video sharing platform that that's carrying it. So kudos to Rumble for doing that. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great production on on their end, but I just don't really <laughs> really care about any of these candidates. Um, so many things happened uh, just but yesterday after the show and today leading up to the show that there's uh, it's just going to be real difficult to get to all of it. And what I plan on just doing is hopscotching from one story to the next and an almost lightning round of all the crazy things that are happening because I think part of the strategy – from the Democrats in power and their allies in the media is just to over, overwhelm you with BS. So you don't really know what's fact from fiction. And, and if you don't know what's true or what's not, how is there any accountability at all? How is there any outrage amongst the American people? So I'm just going to try to go down these things as fast as humanly possible so that you have the truth in that you can go out there and, and advocate for the truth and push back against the radical left and fight for this country in the way that everyone should and and these crazy dark days here in America. But before we get into that, I, I, if you're watching this show right now and you are with us, make sure that you like this show, like this episode. Uh, they, rumble calls a little green thumb a rumble. The more you like this episode, the more that rumble notices. The more that rumble notices, the more advertisers we get. The more advertisers we get, I can build a bigger and better studio away from my cat's litter box to bring you better quality content every single night. Now, Battleground Live airs every night from five to six, Monday through Friday. And say it every single show, but if you're new to the program, we've had a bunch of new subscribers. This show is about building a movement and that movement, the mission behind that movement is saving this country. Full stop. Uh, this country needs American patriots to rise up, can no longer afford to be the silent majority. We've got to fight for America because everything's on the line. Um, so I'll get right into it. Is there any Democrat in this country 
that is not a wholly owned subsidiary of a country who hates us. <laughs> I mean, and I really do mean that. Look at Diane Feinstein was being driven around by a Chinese spy for the better part of of 20 years. <laughs> Diane Feinstein had leadership committees in in the United States Senate in, in the United States Senate on Intel. Uh, how about Eric Swalwell was banging Fang Fang, a Chinese spy for God knows how long. <laughs> I mean, like, or how about Joe Biden or Hunter Biden or the entire Biden family crime syndicate, which, as you know, and in, in news, more news comes out every day that the Bidens are not only a wholly owned subsidiary of the communist Chinese, they're a wholly owned subsidiary of Russia, Ukrainian oligarchs and a whole swath of of countries who despise us. And as I mentioned, it's about as clear as day that this is the case. Something that came out uh, yesterday, this is kind of, it's all a complicated thing, but it's just unbelievably important that you understand what's going on, that the current Biden administration Pentagon official colluded with Iranian government operatives. And let me just, uh, there's this article in The Federalist, and you should go read it yourself, but it's called Democrats' Favorite Appeaser Hired Iranian Conspirators. Let me just like uh, read a few excerpts for you. And then again, I encourage you to go read this article for yourself because it's just so damning of, of what the priorities are within the Biden administration with Biden administration Pentagon officials. Uh, so here we go. Uh, In 2014, the Iranian foreign ministry decided to bolster the terror state's image with the aim of influencing U.S. foreign policy. It recruited a network of fellow travelers to help the cause and called the project the Iran Experts Initiative. According to a cache of emails uncovered by Semaphore in Iran International, a Persian language outlet in London, at least Three of those recruits became top aides to Robert Malley, the Biden administration's chief negotiator in Iran. Recall that during the 2008 presidential campaign, Barack Obama, who was still feigning pro-Israel views, was forced to sever ties with Malley after it was reported that he had met with an Iranian proxy or the Iranian proxy Hamas a group the Justice Department designated as a terrorist organization. Mali and other Obama allies met with Hamas again in 2010. First of all, why the hell is the Obama administration uh, through Mali meeting with Hamas? I mean, that raises a hell of a lot of red flags and question marks to begin with. Now, he was fired in in 2008 when that information became public, because by the way, it was never intended to become public information, but they symbolically fired him, but they rehired him again and met with Hamas again, just two short years later. The article goes on to say, uh, and this is this administration talking about the Obama administration. This administration is different from the previous administration. Hamas's deputy foreign minister, Ahmed Youssef, noted at the time. We believe Hamas, Hamas's message is reaching its destination. None of that, however, slowed Mali's career trajectory. Quite the opposite. After winning re-election, Obama openly turned on Israel and rehired Mali, the son of the communist Yasser Arafat confidant Simon Mali. So th- this guy is related to a commie who advised Yasser Arafat. This is this you can't make this stuff up. This stuff is right out of 
any Tom Clancy thriller novel. I mean, it's crazy. So, uh, so that so the Obama administration hired Malley to be his ISIS czar, and Malley would soon help craft Obama's nuclear Iran giveaway. So this dude. Mali was responsible for paving the way for the Iran nuclear program, which in turn would pave the way for Iran's ability to enrich uranium and build a, a nuclear bomb. I mean, absolutely like unbelievable. I mean, to, to me, to me, this is treason for a lot of different reasons, but the article goes on. This is the person, Robert Malley is the person President Joe Biden tapped as lead envoy in Iran negotiations. Massive, massive red flag, folks. Recently, Malley lost his security clearance and, and is being investigated by the FBI because he hired three people from the Iran Experts Initiative whose job it was to influence U.S. foreign policy as it pertains to Iran. So to be clear, uh, Malley who is working for the Biden administration, was hired by the Biden administration, uh, hired Iranian loyalists to work with him who were from the Iran Foreign Ministry, the Iran Experts Initiative. And, and these people, not only did they influence U.S. policy as it pertains to Iran, these people wrote basically under, under their names, ghost wrote op-eds for Iranian operatives who worked at the highest levels of the Iran foreign ministry, basically propaganda outlets for Iran. And these op-eds under the names of these people that Robert Malley hired, these articles appeared in the New York Times. They appeared in Bloomberg, Reuters, BBC, the LA Times, the Wall Street Journal, and CNN. They were even emailing, these people were even emailing directly Iran's foreign minister referring to him as his excellency. Now, to be clear, this is very, very, very bad. And it sure as hell doesn't sound like any of these people are loyal to America. In fact, again, I'll reiterate, Mali's security clearance was just revoked. Mali, behind Barack Obama's back, or maybe Barack Obama even knew about, about this. And in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Mali even met with Hamas. Now, folks, the Iranian government has been has been killing Americans. I mean, how many how many Americans died because of Iran? Hundreds, maybe thousands. They've been killing Americans since the 1970s. Iran, it, no doubt about it, is is a hostile terrorist nation. I have direct experience with this. As a matter of routine, we regularly killed foreign fighters in Afghanistan who were carrying weapons with Iranian serial numbers manufactured in Iranian factories, packaged with <laughs> Iranian packaging, still with the, the, the packing grease on the weapon systems. They, they have been they have made it their mission to target and kill Americans, to target and kill Israelis. Yet the Obama administration, and then after the Obama administration, the Biden administration is directly working at the highest echelons of their government in hiring basically Iranian propagandists to push Iranian propaganda here while same, simultaneously making U.S. policy towards Iran more friendly. That is the definition to me of treason. 
Iran is an enemy of the United States. Iran would not hesitate to, uh, to wipe Israel off the map. If they had the capability, they would not hesitate to strike at cities like New York City, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, period. I mean, think about this. Many of the suicide bombers that we faced in Iraq and certainly in Afghanistan were trained operatives from Iran. If someone is willing to blow themselves up to kill you, how dangerous do you think that country would be if they had a nuclear bomb with launching capabilities? Do you think that they would hesitate to use it? It is critically important that they never get this capability. Yet the Biden administration and Obama before him worked hand in glove with the highest echelons of their government, propagandists in the Iranian government, to make sure that they do have the capability. It's just mind-blowing corruption. And, and so as if, so this news came out yesterday, and as if that's not bad enough. This is why, I, this is why I'm telling you that sometimes I think they just like throw this stuff out there, you know, and because it just becomes impossible to sift through all the BS. So as if that's not bad enough, uh, James Comer yesterday uh, dropped a, a massive bombshell on Twitter. Uh, James Comer has been the Republican member of the House of Representatives who's just been relentlessly after the Biden family crime syndicate and all of their corruption. He put out yesterday, I just subpoenaed and obtained two bank wires revealing Hunter Biden received payments originating from Beijing in 2019 when Joe Biden was running for president. So, so it's like part of me wonders, like, like, you know, the media first said, oh, well, Biden said he's never been involved with with Hunter's business dealings. Uh, and then it was, oh, the media went with no. Joe Biden was only involved, like, just to talk about the weather with Hunter's business partners. And then it was, there's no evidence at all, period. And now it's, there's no direct evidence. And now official White House spokespeople and staffers are saying that Bi Hunter Biden was just living at Joe Biden's residence during the pandemic. It doesn't matter at all that he's receiving bribes from the communist Chinese and he just happens to live there. I mean, no big deal, right? I mean, it's like, what the hell are these people? Are they going to need to see like a personal check for Xi, from President Xi Jinping of China written out to, to Joe Biden, handed to him, or maybe maybe even like a big check from The Price is Right where they're shaking hands and like this? Is that, that going to be what it takes to prove the the just the corruption, which is clear as day to anybody who even has a shred of common sense. Look at what Joe Biden said back in 2020, specifically on this topic. Do you think he told the truth? Roll the tape and decide for yourself. The guy who got in trouble in Ukraine was this guy trying to bribe the Ukrainian government to say something negative about me, which they would not do and did not do because it never, ever, ever happened. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had a, The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. President Trump, let me, let me ask way, my question to you. And could I just one? I mean, that was clearly a lie. And at some point, like these lies have to become intolerable.
not just within the Democrat Party, because I think that they know that this is a five alarm fire for their party and, and their president. More on that later. But the American people are starting to wake up to this. It, you know, in fact, the Biden that Biden told this lie shortly after his son was wired two hundred sixty thousand dollars from China. As I mentioned earlier, that wire was sent directly to Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware. I mean, these people, Joe Biden, I mean, they are just dangerous liars. And just before the show, more evidence of Biden corruption dropped. And I'm telling you, folks, this stuff is really, really bad. The House Ways and Means Committee, who are looking at at bank records, uh, they released materials confirming that Hunter Biden sold access to Joe Biden via the Biden brand. Hunter referred to access to his father as the keys to my family's only asset. Can you read it there? It's highlighted right there. Look at the bottom line. That my family's only asset. That that email sent in 2017 shows you very clearly that Hunter Biden is selling access to the Biden brand, and Joe Biden was the only asset of that brand that's worth anything to the family. It was written right there, plain English and black and white. Okay, newly released emails and documents show that the Delaware assistant U.S. attorney, Leslie Wolf, did not allow agents to investigate Joe Biden as part of a FARA probe. The FARA probe, um, let me read this to you. It's the Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA. It was acted in, in, enacted in 1938. FARA requires certain agents of foreign principles who are engaged in political activities or other activities specified under the statute to make periodic public disclosure of their relationship with the foreign principle, as well as activities, receipts, and disbursements in support of those activities. Disclosure of the required information facilitates evaluation by the U.S. government and the American people of the activities of such persons in light of their function as foreign agents. I mean, and what I just read to you is that a U.S. attorney in Delaware named Leslie Wolf did not even allow agents to investigate any of that. Like, have a look at this email right there in black and white. Um. Is for, again, from the House Ways and Means Committee, uh, Representative Jason Smith. The evidence also documents, it's this email right here. Yeah, go ahead. and Yeah, thanks, Brock. The evidence also documents a campaign by the Justice Department to protect the Biden family from investigation. Even as Hunter Biden attempted to evade paying taxes on income that came from foreign countries, including China, Ukraine and others, that Biden protects the Biden protection effort was strongest whenever the investigative steps might have led to or implicated actions taken by Joe Biden. During the investigation into his son, officials instructed investigators seeking a search warrant to erase any mention of political figure one. Now look in the email up top here. It says political figure, it says political figure one is, is, is underlined there in red. Okay. And then look there at the bottom in the very same documents, it shows that political figure, figure one is former vice president, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. And they refer to him as the Democrat Party presidential candidate. So it, it's, it's unbelievable to me that the more time goes on, the more 
direct a connection is made between the Biden family crime syndicate and a whole swath of of hostile foreign countries, whether they're on the take taking bribes or, you know, you've got basically foreign agents working within the Biden administration to help ensure our enemies get the atomic bomb. I mean, it just it's just unbelievable to me how dire a situation our country is really in right now. I mean, look at what happened with Bob Menendez. They talk about I talked about at the beginning of the show is like, is there any Democrat who is not a wholly owned subsidiary of a hostile foreign power? Bob Menendez was 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 without question. If the accusations in these multiple bribery indictments are true, which I think they are, it seems like the evidence is damning. Then he is clearly a foreign agent of of Egypt selling the influence of his office to Egypt, which is a brutal dictatorship. This stuff, folks, is just unsustainable. America cannot survive if our government and our political figures at the highest level have been infiltrated by hostile foreign powers. And folks, this it's not an understatement to say that that's precisely what's happening. And it seems like you know, to all sorts of news dropped on Joe Biden's head yesterday. Uh, you know, one of the other things was that the federal probe in the President Biden's handling of classified documents, this is according to ABC, prior to becoming president, has grown into a sprawling investigation, sources say. Several sources estimated that as many 100 witnesses have already been interviewed with interviews conducted as recently as last week. Something strange is going on here, folks. Last weekend, you know, last Sunday on the Sunday shows, much was made about Biden's just historic unpopularity. And it seems like every day more news drops that's connecting Biden directly connecting Biden to hostile foreign powers or just outright corruption. And when I mentioned that the Biden administration, the Biden family crime syndicate is a five alarm fire for the Democrats. What I mean is, is that I think that they're starting to realize that they can't possibly win with Joe Biden at the top of the ticket. I mean, we all know that Biden gets worse by the day. I mean, just physically, cognitively, mentally, there's no way he can make it through another term. I originally told you several weeks ago an insider scoop from sources that I have within the White House have told me that Biden is, you know, not while he's publicly saying that, yes, he's going to run and, and go after another term as president, that Biden is internally making the, the decision as to whether or not he's going to run and he's going to wait to the last possible second to let Kamala step into his infrastructure so that Kamala can effectively give the stiff arm to other candidates who would challenge her. Well, I think that the Democrats see the writing on the wall of that strategy as well, specifically as it pertains to Kamala. Harris is wildly, wildly unpopular. When I say that Joe Biden has historic you know, disapproval ratings, his his unfavorability. I mean, I think his the guy's favorables are at something like 30 percent. I mean, it's absolutely crazy who these 30 percent of people are, by the way. I'll never know. But somehow Kamala is less popular than Joe Biden. And again, 
Remember the show I, I a couple of days ago where the Sunday shows covered this, talking about how somehow Kamala was was less popular than Joe Biden. And so you look at what the media is doing with regards to Bob Menendez, and now these these faux investigations into Biden. And between me, you and the trees, I don't think these investigations are going anywhere. But the media's intent is to cover the sprawling investigation and earns faux objectivity points ahead of 2024 in an effort to build trust with the American people. I frankly think that many conservatives, like the folks that are watching the show, tuning into the show on a regular basis, we all know in no uncertain terms that the media cannot be trusted, period, end of story. I'm just telling you what I think their play is. I think at some point in the very near future, you're going to have Biden say, you know what? All of this investigation going on into my family, it's all fabricated by these extreme MAGA Republicans, but ultimately it's just too much of a distraction for, for me while I run for president. It's just not good for the country. And either he steps down and decides not to run for the good of the party and or he steps down because of a health reason that he has. And then the next phase will be clearing the way for someone else. Originally, I told you that I think that that person will be Kamala. And I think there's still some internal debate within the Democrat Party if it should be Kamala. Now, you, you again, I've showed you right here on the show, people like Nancy Pelosi can't even bring themselves to say that she believes Kamala is a, the best candidate. In fact, there have been many people who refuse to answer that question on liberal media outlets for the very reason that many Democrats think that Kamala is DOA should she become the heir apparent to the Biden administration if and when if he can't continue, which I, I don't know. I, it's hard to look at Joe Biden and everything that he's dealing with right now, both from a corruption standpoint and just a health standpoint with his age. He's, he's clearly cognitively impaired. There's no way in hell he can make it through a rigorous campaign and in another four years as president. I just don't think that that's going to be possible. The Lazarus pit only works so much. Eventually, it's just it's just not going to be effective anymore. But here's the thing. Joe Biden yesterday went and in, in flew, like flew out to meet the, the, the UAW, the auto workers out in Michigan. And he like shuffled around on a picket line, like marching around with his little sign and everything else. Uh, and the Democrats made a big to do. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is the first time in presidential history that a president was on a picket line. Oh, my God, mind blown. This is crazy. Well, whatever. Biden spent, I think, 12 minutes on the ground in Michigan, jumped on Air Force One and flew out to California. OK, he flew to California for a big fundraiser with left wing donors who would contribute to his reelect. But also on the books was a meeting with Gavin Newsom. Now, here's, here's the thing about Gavin Newsom. I told you and showed you video of Gavin Newsom shrewdly, and Machiave he's Machiavellian in so many ways, but he shrewdly says just a few, few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that now nah, I've got no interest running for president. In fact, Kamala is, is, the, vice, is the vice president. It's hers. It's hers. She's the next in line. She's earned it. And really, I mean, you got to believe that. I, and I mentioned to you back then that he played his cards a lot more. Uh, he was much more wise than Ron DeSantis was in terms of playing that card, just like being humble, self-effacing. It's not my turn. But watch Gavin Newsom in this video in a very recent interview just this last weekend 
where he is he is talking or he's asked the question about whether or not he's running for president. Listen very carefully to his answer. Roll the tape. That voters are so fed up with what they see on the streets of their cities that as a politician, you've got to clean up those streets? Well, that's generally the case, but that's not the inspiration for Care Court. But is there a political factor in this for you? As an electoral strategy, I'm turned out. That's not the issue. The politics here is compassion. The politics is purpose. You may be termed out here, but does cleaning up the streets of California factor into a potential presidential run? I'm never going to overpromise that in the short run. I mean, we are struggling in this state. You're not Housing and homelessness. Question. No, housing and homelessness. People suggest that cleaning up California streets could be part of a larger political strategy <laughs> I, I for think, you. Uh, I, I, I think that's table stakes. I think that's just the foundational responsibility of anyone that gets into my position. That's the day job. It's not about some grand ambition. Absolutely not. Is that a yes or a no? That was a, it was a, a never-ending. Uh... Didn't answer the question. Did not answer the question. He was pressed multiple times. He talked about running for president as some grand ambition, but he never actually answered the question. And folks, I think that's telling. Because if Joe Biden steps down in the 11th hour, which I've been telling you for the last month that that's going to be the case, whether it's Kamala or somebody else, I don't know. I mean, clearly the Democrats are not happy with Kamala. Clearly the American people are not happy with Kamala. Somehow she's less popular than the least popular president in American history. I mean, I mean, for, for those of you all that are watching, it's not surprising at all. She like her cackle is enough to 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 make anybody cringe and run in the opposite direction. But the point that I'm trying to make is if he steps down in the 11th hour, the media will prop this person up as the second coming of Christ, the public vetting, uh, and that window will be minimized because the, the, not that the media would do it anyway, but conservatives are going to be scrambling to, to gather as much information and get it out there as fast as possible. And eventually, as the torch is passed, the media scrutiny on the Biden family crime syndicate will dwindle. And everyone, all the figureheads in the Democrat Party will will end up saving face and the nation will turn the page and nobody will be held accountable. Mark my words, like bookmark this page, bookmark this episode. But I feel like something like that is going to happen. The Democrats are experts at this political strategy behind the scenes, and they are experts at throwing their own to the wolves when they are no longer useful anymore. Look no further than Bob Menendez. I mean, clearly he's dead to rights on corruption, bribery, but we've known for a very, very long time that this guy was corrupt as hell. He was even trafficking, sex trafficking young underage girls. He, I mean, the guy is about as bad as you can possibly get. The Democrats have known that for a long time, but they're throwing them under the bus right now. It's just absolutely crazy. And oh, by the way, all at the same time that all of this Biden corruption drops, like men, much of this stuff dropped just yesterday or early today. But surprise, more evidence, uh, <laughs> more, more evidence as more evidence of Biden corruption emerges. A New York judge unilaterally screws Trump over. So this judge up in New York. Uh, he sent the Trump organization into receivership. And I'm just going to I'm just going to talk to you about um, uh, what Mike Davis 
talk said about this. Uh, there's been all sorts of articles about it, but basically what this judge did is go right after Trump's legacy and the empire that he's built as a private citizen. Um, and, and Mike Davis, who's, who's a lawyer and Trump needs to make this guy his attorney general. He says, you know, what a joke. The Democrat New York attorney general had a Democrat judge simply rule Trump committed fraud. There was no trial. There was no jury for the non-fraud of Trump paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks in full with interest. And then he goes on to say, Democrat lawfare, appellate courts must review. And then he says, for example, the partisan Democrat judge pretends Mar-a-Lago is worth 17 million. Mar-a-Lago is worth over a billion. A tennis court at Mar-a-Lago is worth 17 million. Regardless, this is a factual dispute for a jury to decide at trial, not by not by a judge without a trial. He goes on to say the partisan Democrat judge fined five of Trump's lawyers for doing their jobs by making legal arguments and preserving legal issues for appeal. Partisan judges like Arthur Engeron cause people to lose confidence in our legal system. And I would completely agree with you, except for things just seem insanely bad right now. And there's an article here uh, from the New York Post. Trump fraud ruling that cancels his business licenses is a devastating blow for the ex-president experts say. So I'm just going to read you the first couple of paragraphs so you know what's going on here. A ruling by a New York judge that Donald Trump has committed fraud, leaving the fate of his business empire dangling in uncertainty, was a devastating blow for the former president, legal experts said Tuesday night. If not successfully appealed, the decision will revoke the Trump organization's business certificates. The corporate business licenses held by Trump, his family, the Trump organization, and the LLCs is, in the LLCs it has, preventing the 77-year-old from conducting business in the empire state until the revocation is rescinded. Folks, this is complete. BS. It makes me so mad. I'll tell you exactly what's going on here. They are, uh, as you all know, as you well know, they are trying to throw Trump in prison with BS political indictments in four separate states. Now the Democrats are conducting lawfare in critical swing states, trying to remove Trump from the ballot using bogus 14th Amendment legal arguments that, by the way, have no legal precedent whatsoever. But now, the next part of this strategy, and folks, I, I, I haven't seen many people talk about this, but part of Trump's appeal is him being being there on stage and saying, look, to the corrupt donor class that we have in this country, to the corrupt special interests and lobbyists in Washington, F you, I don't need your money. I made it on my own. I'm successful on my own. I amassed my wealth on my own. I don't need you. I'm not going to be bought and paid for like some other dirtbag politician. I'm not a member of the swamp. I'm the I'm an outsider. I have, I'm worth billions of dollars. I can fund my own damn campaign if I need to. But what this ruling does is set the conditions for the deep state. The, these unelected bureaucrats, these Democrat operatives, these judges, and these unelected bureaucrats to go after Trump's personal wealth as well. It's a three-pronged approach. Bankrupt Trump, remove him from the ballot, or throw him in jail. Yeah, it's their playbook going into, into 2024, and it's sickening. And when I say that this is a dangerous time to be an American and one of the most dangerous times in American history, I mean it, because this is not going to stop at President Trump. 
And I'm telling you right now that the Dems were more concerned. I mean, think about it like this. Uh, Trump made his money, okay? He made his billions before the election. But no one seems to be concerned with Democrats in office who get wealthy to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, you see what I'm saying? You see how, you know, up is down and down is up. I mean, you got these people in office making $174,000 a year on a member, a House member or member of the Senate salary, which is a damn good salary. Don't get me wrong. But how does someone like Joe Biden, how are his grandchildren worth seven figures now? How is the Biden family name worth hundreds of millions of dollars? How is the Pelosi family name worth hundreds of millions of dollars? I think Dianne Feinstein is worth $90 million. These politicians are career politicians. They make good salaries, but not enough that they could rake in hundreds of millions. No one gives a damn about that, but they're trying to bankrupt a man who made his fortune privately. Everything is upside down in America right now. And when I talk about the collusion between the federal government and big business and big tech and big media to go after the American people, it doesn't just stop at them weaponizing the government against Trump. I mean, news just broke over the last couple of weeks. And I've been desperate to talk about it on the show, but there's just so much stuff that's come out. It's, it's hard to get to all this stuff in an hour. But how this this these are unequivocal facts. They cannot be debated that the CIA paid actual CIA operatives to not talk about COVID being made in a lab. I mean, this is a fact. They paid them to either keep their mouth shut or say that the COVID virus emanated from a wet market in China. Then we come to find out that Fauci, during the height of the pandemic, secretly went to the CIA to devise the COVID natural origin hoax. Doctor, if Dr. Fauci wear your mask, get 40 different boosters, co-o, we, everybody's got to get vaxxed. Here, this guy, what was he, a, a patsy for the CIA? He was an intelligence asset? I, how many people died? How many people had their life ruined? How many people's savings accounts were drained because of this guy's lies? And it seems like, look, it seems like the CIA just didn't want the information getting out that COVID was engineered by man in a communist Chinese lab in Wuhan funded by American taxpayer dollars. And one of America's leading scientists met with the CIA to craft a story and a hoax to push on the American people. Jesse Waters broke this down just yesterday on his show. And he did it in such a way that I thought it was just brief, concise, and compelling. And I just want you to see it with your own two eyes. Go ahead and roll the tape. New evidence has just surfaced tying Dr. Anthony Fauci to the CIA's cover-up of COVID-19. Last week, a whistleblower claimed the CIA was paying people off to bury the lab leak theory. And now this, from the House Committee investigating the pandemic origins. Quote, Dr. Fauci was escorted into Central Intelligence Agency CIA headquarters without a record of entry and participated in the analysis to influence the agency's review. The committee is now ordering HHS to hand over documents detailing 
all of Fauci's movements during the pandemic in and out of CIA controlled sites. Folks, this is a bombshell. I mean, and it's I'm telling you, there's so much crap coming out right now. Everything that I'm talking about today should be headline news in every newspaper across the country. In any other time in American history, it would. Everything that I talk to you about on this show today should have been the lead in on every news outlet in the country for the last 24 hours, but it's not been. And folks, this kind of stuff, the, the these omissions of the truth by our media and them carrying water for these corrupt American politicians, most of whom are Democrats, it's going to be the demise of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And speaking about the demise and, and the slow societal decay that we are that we are witnessing in America right now, there was historic looting in the city of Philadelphia right now, my home state of Pennsylvania. Now I'm from Pittsburgh, but this looting took place in Philadelphia. This stuff, I'm telling you folks, it's gonna get bad. Like first, just just watch this. Watch this video of the looting in Philadelphia. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely crazy. Check this out. Folks, things are going to get a lot worse in this country before they get better. The lawlessness that we're seeing in American cities right now are made possible by soft on crime Democrat policies. Soros funded DAs who let these murderous thugs back out on the street. And I do mean murderous in some cases. I mean, I think there was a tech company CEO that was just murdered in Baltimore by somebody who was let out of jail for murder before. The soft on crime Democrat DA Soros funded DAs, cashless bail. I'm telling you, we need to bring back mass incarceration in this country because what's happening in our nation's cities is pretty damn scary. And in, the, in Philadelphia, it's bleeding out into the suburbs and the suburbs are starting to wake up and notice. But I, I have to tell you that what's happening in, our, in America's cities, get the hell out of cities. If you have the ability to get out of cities, get out. I'm telling you because it's going to get a hell of a lot worse. Half the time, I find myself afraid to even go into the city of Pittsburgh. Now, I, I love the city of Pittsburgh. I'm not afraid for my safety, but I sure as hell don't want to take my uh, Commander Melanie and my small children in, into Pittsburgh. I don't. It gets worse every single day. And I got to tell you, if, if, if I got attacked in Pittsburgh or try, mugged in Pittsburgh, I no qualms about my ability to defend myself. But you can bet that if I defended myself, who the hell you think the DA would go after? They would come after me. So there's the system is weapon. It's 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 the system has been completely turned on its head by these lawless Democrats, where they are lionizing criminals 
and demonizing police and every opportunity that they get on the off chance that somebody wants to actually defend themselves from these thugs, that these radical Democrat Soros funded DAs go after the go after the person who has the call to defend themselves. I just don't think that this everything in America just seems upside down right now. And I'm, I'm telling you, it scares the living hell out of me, and it's not a country that I want my kids to grow up in. And that's part of the reason why I started this show. We need to bring like-minded individuals together to save this country. Put politics aside. I don't really, you know who I back in the primary. You know I'm a Trump guy. Okay, I'm very open about that. But I respect who, who you're back. And I know that we all have different views here. But we got a country to save. I'm tired of gentlemen losers in the Republican Party. I'm tired of being the party of gentlemen losers. Like, like as Bongino says, my buddy, he's like, cutesy time is over. And he's damn right. It is over. We need fighters, both running for office and a coalition of people who refuse to be the silent majority. We are losing our country. And every day, it slips further and further away. And look at what happened in in New York yesterday. 95-year-old veteran becomes homeless after a nursing home uh, gave his room to an illegal immigrant made possible by Biden Democrats. Uh, We got a video of this guy talking, and it breaks my heart to even show you this. But I like told you before, you know, we're celebrating illegal aliens coming into this country, and we're demonizing people who bled for the streets of this country. Go ahead and roll the tape and watch this. It was very disgraceful what they did to the people in Island Shores. They gave us time to get out, but they never said when, and they never said they were going to get us out. And then one day, there's a thing on the board, a notice on the board, you gotta be out by March 15th. I think that gave us like a month and a half to find out where we're gonna go. I thought my suitcases were going to be on the curb because I'm not that fast. If it wasn't for my daughter, they would have been on the curb. <laughs> but that's what it happened. And uh, that was it. I said, no, 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 you're not moving me. And they said, yes, 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 we are. And it, uh, everything was done behind closed doors. Yeah. We didn't have a chance to actually make any attempt to stop them because there wasn't enough time. I- that was Frank Tamaro of New York. Uh, he's a decorated Korean War veteran, signed up to serve his country when his country needed him, fought honorably, only to come home to a country that kicked him out of his own nursing home when we should be caring for him given to illegal immigrants, illegal aliens, migrants who've come to America who've never sacrificed anything for this country. Frank was left homeless to make way for millions of criminal illegal aliens that Joe Biden and the Biden Democrats welcomed into this country that makes me sick. Speaking of priorities being jacked up, i got to talk about this story at the VA. Uh, There's a survey sent out from the Department of Veterans Affairs about the benefits available to veterans who want to undergo sex change surgery. They provided over 50 gender options to choose from. I mean, I look at that right there. 
Brock, you got that right there. Brock and I were going through some of them. There's actually, not to make a joke out of this because this is all real tragic, but there's a gender that's called stud. That one is is for Brock. Brock would check <laughs> Brock would check that block. But this is absolutely insane. I mean, the fact that the VA is pushing the idea that there are more than two genders, fine, whatever. I mean, it's crazy, okay? Because it's it's anti-science. I, I hate that word science anymore, especially in the wake of COVID. But the Democrats are the party of anti of anti-science. You know, I, it's absolutely crazy. All of these genders, uh, sorry, these mouth breathers who come up with this stuff, absolutely crazy. But this isn't even the real issue to me. The real issue is that they're funding gender reassignment surgery with taxpayer dollars instead of getting all our veterans the desperate help that they need. PTSD, mental health care, whatever. We had 20 years of war in Iraq and Afghanistan, thousands of Americans dead, tens of thousands of Americans wounded, hundreds of thousands of veterans that suffer from the invisible wounds of war. And I'm going to tell you here, people, like something like 22 veterans a day, 22 veterans a day take their own life. Now, I think that number might have gone down a little bit, but it's still something between 20 and 22 veterans a day. One damn veteran a day taking their own life is too much in this country. And the fact that we are diverting U.S. taxpayer dollars to pay for gender reassignment surgery on your dime before America's sons and daughters who raise their right hand to volunteer to serve this country during a time of war, the fact that we're paying for all that crap and not taking care of our own is disgusting to me. It's just not only is it an unbelievable misallocation of resources, it's a slap in the face to anyone who served this country, people that are really struggling. You know, I can tell you for a fact that after you come home from war, war changes you in some very deep and fundamental ways. By the way, I'm not a victim of my experience. I'm a freaking volunteer. I volunteer to go to war for this country, and I do it again in a second. But I'm not a victim of my experience at all. But there are people who come home. You come home a different person. You feel like your friends don't know who you are anymore. You feel like your, your family doesn't really understand you anymore. The only people that truly get you are the people that you were in the trenches with in combat. But so you can come, there's a way in which veterans come home from war and feel like exiles in their own country. They feel cut off from their own countrymen and women. And so instead of using our vast resources that the VA gets and is appropriated through Congress to help bring our veterans home in the right way, we're spending money on gender reassignment surgery. I just think, I just think it's just, it's just horrible because you know, only 0.4% of this country, less than half of 1% of Americans raised their right hand and volunteered to serve this country during the longest period of war in American history. And America's sons and daughters, those same people who volunteered, they went back and back to combat again and again and again. And those people carried a very heavy burden for the rest of us. We owe them a debt of gratitude that can never truly be paid. So why? Why? And by the way, I'm grateful for the Department of Veterans Affairs. To the people who work there, to the doctors who work there, like I'm, we're grateful for that. But to the policymakers at the top, the political appointees who make these decisions, what the hell are you thinking? 
I could I could pull up my phone right now and text somebody that I served with and, and ask them, are you happy with the care that you're receiving at the VA? When the when was the last time you received a doctor's appointment? Have you have you actually gotten in to see a, a doctor that you, if if you need one on time? Almost universally, they would tell you no. So why are we not using the vast resources of this country and the vast resources appropriated to the VA to help our ailing veterans? Because the reality is, you know, the real war starts for America's veterans when they come home from the fight. Our country has a duty and a responsibility to take care of American veterans when they come home. In fact, that's a sacred promise that we make American sons and daughters when they go into the military, that if you volunteer to serve, we are going to take care of you when you come home. Not only are we not doing that, we're very public with 50 different freaking genders and paying for sex change surgery for for people. It's just absolutely mind-boggling to me that we are where we are as a country. It just is, folks. And and I've got to tell you, you know, we've we've gone almost an hour now and I've got one more block to do. I think I'll push it until tomorrow, but Thanks for being with me for this full hour. I know, you know, we talked in the Wendy Bell radio chat earlier this morning because I know Wendy was rocking and rolling. She's got three hours. I've got one. You know, Brock and I are talking every day about how to make the show better. Do we make it longer? There's just so much to talk about. One hour just doesn't seem like it's enough. But for those of you all who made it through this this hour with us, I want to thank you. Again, your reminder, like, rumble, like this video, Rumble notices that stuff. Make sure that you like our page. We need your help. Enlist your family members. Get them to join the platoon. Enlist your friends. Get them in the trenches with us. Have them subscribe to Battleground Live. We're building an army to fight to save this country. We just rolled out the Battleground Apparel Company. All of that merch can be purchased at officialshawnparnell.com, like shirts like that say, do not comply. This is by far our best seller. I mean, these shirts are selling so fast, and it's such a blessing to have your support. But uh, if you, this is a clothing company that we formed for patriotic Americans that believe this country is an exceptional is exceptional and worth defending. So you can get all this stuff at officialshawnparnell.com. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in tonight. Uh, we're gonna we got a hell of a show planned for you tomorrow. And again, Battleground Live airs every single night, Monday through Friday, uh, from five o'clock to six o'clock. But I wanted to thank you all for joining us. God bless you all, and God bless this amazing country that we call home. Take care. Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.